Guys, I want to thank the sponsors of the podcast. I want to thank GoHunt.com, my friend Cody Nelson, the glassing guru, the optics authority. He's the optics manager at GoHunt.com. If you have any interest in buying optics or have any glassing questions, whether it be tripods, spotting scopes, rifle scopes, range finders, anything to do with glassing, give Cody a call, 702-847-8747, that's extension 2, or you can email him at optics at gohunt.com. You can also send him a text or call him on his cell phone at 602-399-3699. Guys, right now at GoHunt.com Insider, you can take advantage of the free trial. Go to GoHunt.com forward slash Scott. You're going to be able to take advantage of a free trial of the Insider. GoHunt is always adding more value for their Insider members. They've now added real 3D maps as a part of Insider for no additional cost. What an incredible value. Very soon, they're going to have their mobile app up as well. Go to GoHunt.com forward slash Scott and sign up for a free trial. If you're already an Insider member, it's automatically part of your Insider membership. And you can just go to the Maps tab up at the top once you sign in as an Insider. I also want to thank Kuyu Ultralight Hunting. That's the gear that I wear on all of my hunts. To find out more, you can go to KUIU.com, Kuyu.com. They're a direct-to-consumer company. They sell everything off of the Kuyu.com website. I also do a lot of question and answer on my Instagram where I'm answering questions about guys wanting to know about gear about Kuyu, so tune into my Instagram. I want to thank Kuyu for their sponsorship. I also want to thank Phonescope.com. Use the JScott20 promo code. You're going to get a 10% discount on all orders. Again, thanks to all the sponsors of my podcast. Guys, welcome to the J. Scott Outdoors podcast. I've got Joseph Graham of Graham's Guide Service. Uh, Joseph, how you doing? I'm doing good, buddy. Doing real good. We're getting snow, so that's that's always a positive sign in the mountains. Yeah, you said you were um, digging digging out uh, your driveway. Uh, tell us what's going on. Well, let me back up. Uh, where are you located, and what units do you focus on there in New Mexico? So I'm located in Redoso, um, Unit 36. That's uh, where our lodge is and where we spend, you know, 90% of our time. Um, we do stuff in 34, 37 as far as the elk goes. Um, we also do the orcs on the White Sands Missile Range and the ibex down in the Floridas. We do a few little bit of stuff for uh, draw hunts for the barber sheep and antelope and uh, some of the states down here in the south you know 32 30 29 but we primarily stay focused uh, south central okay um with that being said you're out there digging out snow what are the conditions like right now um and how are those conditions better than they were say a month and a half ago well i tell you this has kind of been a a Oh, semi-normal of what's the new norm. You know, when I was a kid growing up, we used to get two and three foot snows on a regular basis. And now those are just unheard of. But um, so we got a little bit of a snow in October, then nothing. Then in January, we had one little snow there. And and uh, 
then it's been hot and dry. I mean, it's crazy to think that our temperatures were 70 degrees in uh, January, but we were hot and dry. And uh, now we've had a couple of snows. We uh, got a foot of snow on uh, Sunday. And um, today is Tuesday, and it's snowing like crazy, and we've added up another three to four inches on top of that foot. So definitely going to be real good for our snowpack, and, uh, you know, the elk are starting to drop their horns as we speak, and this is going to be good for uh, putting the groceries on the, the early part of the growth for sure. Okay, I want to come back to what you just said, but how was last year compared to other years, someone born and raised right there, um, hunting those units, how was last year's season? Did you notice broken antlers, brittle, broken tines? Um, how was it? So, yes, you, you hit it right on the head. We had, uh, I'm going to say a semi-drought year and so the bulls weren't as good as what they were the year before um, a lot of broken bulls a lot of bulls that just didn't finish off you know they might have been barely sixes um a lot of fives um the year before that was a decent moisture year and we didn't kill but just a couple of fives so the year before that was the same as last year it was uh you know a poor moisture year and we had a lot of broken bulls and a lot of fives so um, this moisture plays a huge role in all of us back, you know, in the Western States. Um, I used to know an old man that, uh, guided and outfitted in this country. And he said the moisture didn't play a role in their horn growth, but I'm going to tell you right now, I've watched it and it does. Where do you think we are with, I believe there's a March 17th application date. How do you think we're on track for antler growth for this coming season with what you've seen? You know, I think we're going to be good. Um, I was telling some guys that uh, it wouldn't hurt my feelings to get a foot of snow um, once a week just to put the snow on the mountain and get the creeks running. You know, there's a lot that, that uh, the springs and there's a lot of things that uh, play into the, the winter. Um, we don't have harsh winters, and so we don't have a lot of winter kill stuff like some of the northern states down here where I'm at. But uh, having this snowpack makes a huge difference on uh, creeks and springs and things that we need to run uh, all the way into September whenever we start elk hunting. So it plays a huge role um, getting the, a few rains there in April to help head off that grass and uh, get the, the uh, nutrients at the top in those grains that come out. So yeah, it plays a huge role um, in a lot of cases. I think this year is going to be good. Um, if we get a lot more snow, then I think it'll be great. Talk a little bit about your operation. You talk about the lodge based right there in 36, I believe you said. Um, talk about kind of your bread and butter operation there through the lodge. So our lodge is located here in Riddle, so um, we can sleep 15 people. Um, we typically take 8 to 10 guys at a time. Um, we run one-on-one -on -one hunts, so we're not doing two-on-one -on -one to get to that fact. We're running one-on-one -on -one hunts. Um, all of my guides live here. You know, this is their uh, side job. You know, they got plumbers and carpenters and and uh, guys that have jobs that take their vacation to a guide. You know, they just love it. But they're all from here. They know the country. Um, and uh, that's what helps us in our success um, here in this unit. Um, we do some in 34. We have a place there that we rent that uh, we put the hunters up in there because it's just a little bit of a drive, especially if the guides want to hunt that 
southeastern part of that unit um it's better to put the hunters over in the unit so they don't have to get up and drive so far um 37 is a unit that we drive to from our lodge so we can operate out of our lodge and do 36 and 37 um we do like i mentioned before take eight to ten people a little time you know once the guide gets his uh, elk out of the woods so we hunt on foot you know we're hiking two to ten miles a day we drive to various trail locations and, and areas and hike in. And, uh, you know, the better the shape you're in, the, the more enjoyable your hunt's going to be. We have the mules to uh, pack the elk out so we're not carrying them out on our back. Um, there are certain instances where we've got to get some elk to certain locations to get to the mules because we had that little bear fire about eight years ago. And, and some of the forest and the wilderness is pixie sticks, so... We might have to carry them a little ways, but we do utilize the mules to get the elk out of the woods. So once the guy gets his client's elk out, then he's going to jump in with the guy who hadn't killed him. And we work as a team. Uh, we don't have secrets, and, and that's what's made our success very high. How has 36, as far as quality, um, done with that fire, and has the fire you know, helped it? You know, the fire did help it in the very, very beginning. Um, it's opened up a lot of country that you can see and it put on a lot more places for the grass to grow. Um, but the caveat to that is is the pixie sticks, you know, because it is the wilderness. It's not going to get cleaned up. And so it is what it is. We're waiting on the the trees that have fallen to eventually rot because, it, you know, unless we have another fire come in and take it out, um, all those aspens that burnt, they're eight, ten foot tall, and it's thick in some of those spots. But some of the spots that was uh, fir um, trees, you know, there's there's growth back, but it's not um, bad. It's a lot of groceries, to be honest with you. And that fire helped us a lot in opening opening up a lot of country to see bulls in. Um, and it did help us uh, with horn growth for a long time. You know, they went and planted uh, rye grass and stuff like that in there that has definitely made good good groceries for the for the elk what can guys expect hunting 36 as far as size quality in the archery hunts um you know give me a range of you know well 260 to 300 or 300 to 330 or what's kind of the range this is what i tell everybody that calls me i say we're hunting bulls between 280 and 320 with a chance at something better we're going to kill some bulls that are over 320, but I want to make sure everybody is on the same page of what to expect. You know, if somebody's coming here looking for a 350 plus bull, we'll take them hunting and we'll look from, for that. But I, you know, it's not a unit that produces a lot of those higher end bulls. We have a lot of elk and it's a good fun hunt of going out and having encounters daily. Um, you know, you can call two to four bulls a day in, in this unit. Um, and that's what makes it so much fun to hunt. But, you know, a guy that's looking for that, you know, 350, 360 bull, this is probably not the unit to, to be in, even though there will be some killed. You know, it just depends on what your what your goals are. If you're looking to come and hunt and have a great time and, and you know, a 320 bull is a nice bull. But some guys are in that category that they've killed a bunch of those and they're looking for that next level. And I just... So guys, you know, this is what to expect. We have a hundred percent opportunity if you can hike and shoot on a 280 to 320 bull. 
Good stuff. Uh, and talk about your archery season dates uh, and how they differ from each other as far as what maybe someone should expect. So we start on September 9th. Um, that first bow season is good. The tag that you draw or land on our tag that you get is good September 1st to the 14th. So we do six-day hunts, and I do the last six days of the season. Um, we do offer some guys that want more time. We do offer a 10-day hunt. Um, the second season starts on uh, the tag is good September 15th to the 24th, and we do the same thing. We do the six-day hunt, so we start the 19th to the 24th, but we also offer that 10-day option for guys that want to come out and spend more time in the woods and, and uh, chase bulls, and maybe their expectations is try to kill that 320 bull, and so I uh, I do recommend adding those extra days just so you can pass up because I'm going to tell you what, you got to pass up a lot of those 290 to 310 bulls. You know, maybe you get lucky and, and the second bull you call in is a 330, but, you know, you you got to spend some time in the woods to uh, get to that stage. As you move out of archery and into firearms, what kind of firearm opportunities do you offer? So our first season is muzzleloader. Um and in 37, they have a really good uh, muzzleloader hunt, which starts October 1st and goes to the 5th. So we offer that hunt. Um, and in 36, we start our muzzleloader season this year. You know, with the New Mexico Game and Fish, they always start the muzzleloader and rifle seasons on public land on a Saturday and end on a Wednesday. So every year it gets a day earlier until they kick it back. So this year we'll start October 9th. And... Um, that season will go the 9th to the 13th in unit 36 in 34 that is the weekend starting the youth and the mobility impaired so we also offer that as a hunt for the youth hunters and the mobility impaired that weekend starting on the 9th and going to the 13th um, overall on the muzzleloader hunts we are running about a 75 percent success with a hundred percent opportunity at those type of bulls that we're talking about are they, and then are in 30, they still bugling um, yes. that season? Yeah, our bulls will typically bugle starting about September. They'll start on the 1st of September. I mean, I've even been in the high country and heard them bugle as soon as August 16th. But they'll typically start bugling around the 1st of September. Um, and then they're going to bugle all the way until about the 20th of October is whenever they start to... Uh, start to slow down and the bigger bulls start to pull off. Then you also have some later firearm seasons, correct? Yeah, so the next weekend after the muzzleloader hunt this year is going to be the 16th to the 20th, and that'll be our first firearm season in 36. In 34 will be the muzzleloader hunt. Um, so our our second rifle season is going to start October 30th and go to November 3rd in 36. Um, we also offer a, a rifle hunt in 34, which is uh, that weekend of the 23rd to the 27th. But we, we spend and concentrate most of our time in 36. And by that time, you know, the, the October 30th and November 3rd, the bulls are grouped back up. All they're worried about is uh putting some weight on for the winter and uh, they become more patternable um, for the most part you might hear a bugle here and there in the high country but they're pretty much done 
and uh, you'll find a lot of bulls by themselves. You'll find bulls together. You'll find a few raghorns with the, you know, the cow groups, the ones that are trying to pick up those couple of cows that are later coming into their second estrus, but for the most part, the rut's over. Okay, good stuff. Um, what other hunts do you offer um, out of that lodge as far as, are you doing bear hunts? Are you doing turkey hunts? Are you doing any of that kind of stuff? So we can offer turkey hunts. We don't spend a lot of time advertising it. You know, we have a group of guys that come in from uh, South Carolina that love to come and turkey hunt up here every year. and It's good turkey hunting, and we do that out of that lodge. Um, we also operate our oryx hunts that are on the missile range out of that lodge. Um, we, uh, you know, there's a lot of months for oryx hunting, so we can, there's two hunts in September, there's one in October, one in November, one in December, two in January, and one in February, and so we offer those out of the lodge as well. It's a 45-minute to an hour drive, depending on which uh, range we draw. Very good. Uh, tell us a little bit more about the lodge as far as, um, you said you could sleep 15 um, you've got all the meals and stuff there. Um, how does it work? So when the meals come around, what we're doing as far as breakfast is more of a grab-and-go type breakfast. Um, we don't uh, try to prepare a big meal because we've got some guides that are leaving the lodge at 3 o'clock in the morning because they're hiking for two hours to get into some of that backcountry. And so we don't prepare any uh, a big meals. It's, you know, grab and go. There's plenty of food, lots of stuff to eat. You know, there's bacon and eggs if you want to get up and fix that. Or there's a lot of, you know, the cereals and oatmeal and a lot of things like that. Um, typically lunch, we're uh, making, you know, letting the guys make whatever they want for lunch because we don't want to dictate how much they take. So we let the guys make their own lunch because um, some guys will be out all day and won't see the lodge in the daylight and some guys will come back in the middle of the day depends on what they see um if they get into you know if they hike way back in there then uh, they're not going to want to come out especially if they're into bulls and they'll just stay in in the woods all day so the lunch is kind of a take with you type stuff and at night i have a cook that comes in and prepares a big meal um we don't you know kind of like what i told you about depending on you know the guys coming in and leaving it's 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 such an array of different times that she just has it all made and, and in the oven there and she'll pull it out when guys come in and we get guys fed as they come in and, and a lot of guys are you know getting their food eat uh and uh, getting a shower and going to bed and get, getting ready for the next day so you know our our night times just depending on where you're at, you know, we might have a two hour window of feeding guys, just depending on how they're, uh, how far in they are and how long it took them to walk out. What about your deer hunts? Our deer hunts, I typically, uh, tell guys that, you know, we're, we're hunting 140 to 160 inch bucks with a chance at something bigger. We don't produce a lot of big deer down in this part of the country. Um, I put guys in for some of those northern units to try to draw, you know, those really good deer tags. But as you well know, those are really tough draw odds. And uh, if somebody draws that, what I'm going to do, and I talk with the guys about it, I've got a couple of outfitters that I work with up north, and I typically refer them over to those guys that know that country and hunt in that country all the time because I want the best opportunity for the client. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and then you talked about you do uh, Ibex and the Floridas and Oryx as well. 
Yeah, so we're guiding uh, the White Sands Missile Range and the Gregor Range for Oryx. We can do off-range Oryx if a, if a person has drawn there once in a lifetime and they don't want to put in for the... Uh, you can put in for a broken horn if you've already drawn your once in a lifetime or you can put in for mcgregor it's not once in a lifetime or you can do off range so those are options for guys that have already drawn their once in a lifetime and so we guide on, in all of the oryx operation whether it's on range or off range on in any of the units um as far as the ibex it's about three hours from here so what we typically do is we stay in a motel for the ibex we've done you know the travel trailer thing and it just seems best to get the guys uh, a good hot meal at night and plenty of rest in a shower because that mountain's brutal. Um, if you've ever stepped foot in the Floridas or even watched some of the videos, you know, those animals are amazing, but uh, they are afraid of their own shadow. And so, you know, opportunities, you got to be able to climb up and down that mountain multiple times, especially archery season. Joseph, um, how long have you been operating there in those in your bread and butter unit of thirty six? So, as an outfitter, ten years. Um, I've been guiding in this unit for twenty five. A lot of the guys who work for me now used to work with the operation that I used to work with that is no longer uh, running anymore. And so, most all of my guides have been guiding for eight to twenty five years. Fantastic. So the a lot of experience. Um, how many over a season, how many elk will you guys kill? Um, you know, is it 25? Is it 50? What's, what's kind so, of the general number? So between our public land hunts, we do a lot of public land hunts, you know, because we get a lot of unit-wide tags. Um, between those and we've got a couple of private land hunts that we do, um, we will take about 65 bulls a year. Wow, fantastic. That's a great operation. Um, how can people find out more about you? How can they reach out and um, chat with you? So there's a couple of ways. I mean, you can just Google Graham's Guide Service. Um, it's going to pop up on the internet. You can go to grahamsguideservice.com. Um, you can also look us up on Facebook or Instagram. Um, if they guys want to call me, um, they can call me on the phone, which my number is 575-937-2099. Um, you can call me. Uh, you can also email me at J-O-G-R-A-H-A-M at Valernet at V and Victor A-L-O-R net.com fantastic um it's always great talking to you about those units and um i've spent a little bit of time up turkey hunting on the mescalero indian reservation years ago i haven't gone in a bunch of years but uh it's sure beautiful country there um one last question before we go with the Mescalero Indian Reservation being right there, I believe your units border that reservation. Um, do you get elk that kind of move back and forth through, throughout from the reservation onto public land? That's correct, Jay. I mean, you know that uh, it's a five-strand barbed wire fence, so it's not stopping the elk from moving, and they are constantly, you know, I mean, you got a lot of bulls. This unit has a very high density of bulls um to cow ratio and so you've got constant 
bulls moving around and coming in and off the reservation, uh, being called off the reservation. You know, the reservation does a great job in their management. And so they have a lot of elk, which, you know, that benefits us in this side. It's, it's very beneficial to us with their management strategy. And there's a, there's a lot of elk that come, come and go from the reservation for sure. And both units, 36 and 34 border the Mescalera reservation. And, uh, so we take benefit off of that as having a, what I call a sanctuary or a refuge of elk coming on and off of it. Sure. Sure. Uh, Joseph, it's always great talking to you. Thanks for coming on and sharing uh, with us. And I encourage mm-hmm. the listeners to reach out if you're uh, interested in those units that uh, Joseph uh, focuses on. And um, you're always a good um, wealth of knowledge. And, and I appreciate your willingness to come on and share with us. Well, I want to tell you, I appreciate the opportunity. And, you know, we did this a couple of years ago, and I've had quite a few guys call me that listen to your podcast. So you have a a big following and i appreciate you giving me that opportunity you bet buddy um god bless and take care okay thank you for the time you're saying to you all right buddy bye bye